You know a movie's not going to be good when the reviews they pick for the ads are like from really obscure publications, you know? <laughs> Terrific, says the Hoboken Auto Trader. <laughs> Thumbs up, says Chang's Chinese takeout menu. Wood. Holly. Wood. Poop. Holly. Wood. Holly. 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 Wood. Poop. Holly. Wood. Holly. Poop. Holly. Wood. Holly. Wood. Holly. Holly. Wood. Holly. Wood. Holly. Wood. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. I am Dustin Dubuque. And I'm John Hansen. We're back. In a new in a new location in a secret bunker yeah. known as John's Basement. Yeah, hopefully the uh, there'll be less background noise and stuff. Yeah, that's the plan. No, I don't hear anything right now, which sounds good. Yeah, apparently a, a meeting let out in our, our last location, which turned into tons of noise, tons of walking in the 130-year-old building my office sits in. So yeah. you can hear every single thing. So hopefully our concrete floors and lack of shoes and all that fun stuff. But hopefully John gets a bar in here, which is what he said. So uh, future podcasts will have sounds of clinking glasses as I drink during this podcast. <laughs> that's my that's my ultimate goal. If we can do this, we and can, I can sit here and drink a scotch that. while we're doing it. <laughs> I feel like my day's made. Yeah. So movie news this week. Pretty weak. I think everybody's still doing the Stanley shtick right now. Everybody's mourning Stanley still. Do you have anything on that side of the table left to chat about? Because I know it's still kind of the main topic. Well, I've heard some people kind of ragging on him, putting him down. Oh, yeah. Was, I'm, not, talking, I'm not going to say who because they don't deserve to have their name on this podcast. But <laughs> I'm like, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I like that person. But it was well, a stupid comment. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, how about the fact that he's just a decent human being? How about the fact we lost a decent human being? Yeah. You know, people are trying to like disrespect him because he was involved with comic books, but um, you know, comic books have evolved quite a bit, right. and it's it's definitely something to be. Respected. I, I think personally, it was a throwaway comment that was said that you know was the easy headline to grab, and then people got on it and kept mm-hmm. going with it. Yeah. It's like anything today. Say the wrong don't if you say the wrong thing, everybody's going to take it. It's like my thought was is. This person who has an hour-long show said one comment for about, like, 15 seconds, and nobody cared about the rest of the show that probably had some important stuff. That's always what I think about it. But, yeah, stupid comment. But I haven't seen anybody. I mean, most people have came to the defense of, of Stanley. Yeah, Stanley who, was nobody good. dislikes Stanley. Right, he's a really. good guy. You know, he's a good guy, good to his fans. Right. Um, you know, married for, what, 70 years? That's amazing. Yeah. I've said that my goal age is 80. Like You're that's, both. that's if uh, beyond that, I feel I'm gravy. So that would put me at married for 65. Probably if I hit 80. Yeah. Gross. That's another, that's another five onto that. That's a long time. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, you never see a picture of Stanley not smiling. Right. The guy always had a smile on his face from ear to ear. I think he just, I think he just loved his life and what he was doing. Yeah, we were talking about that <coughs> the other day uh, when I was at your shop about like people that embrace who they are and what they do. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in Hollywood that don't. You know, I mean, how many times have we seen movies where people quit parts or don't want to be who they are because they don't want to be known as something? You know, oh, get typecast. Yeah, typecast or anything. I mean, scripted Stanley made comics and that was his thing, but he didn't right. care. That was his thing. Right. That was, he never tried anything else. He never, or tried to be anything else. Yeah. And he was always, 
I always like that. I love people who embrace what they are, what they do, and who they are, which is so rare. Yeah. In Hollywood, especially, but that's you know that he originally wanted to be a novelist, and when he started invo- uh, his involvement with comic books, he um, he is it's not what he wanted to do, and uh, his real name is Stan Lieber, but he went by Stan Lee when he did the comics because he wanted to save his his real name for okay. for when he did his novel, and um, basically he he was thinking about not taking the job at Marvel. And his wife was the one that encouraged him and said, well, why don't you just write what you would want to write? You know, write it, do it the way you'd want to do it. Cause sure. what's the worst that could happen? Right. What, they fire you. Right. You know, you don't want to really be there anyway. So that was when he created the fantastic four and he, he did it cause he, that was something he wanted to write. You know? Um, but yeah, I think since then he's, he's really embraced it and really sure. come to, uh, come to enjoy what he was doing. But yeah, back in the you know in the '60s, comics were kind of a a lesser art form. They were more for children, and they weren't really respected. But I think over the last few decades, they've really uh, risen in uh, in entertainment value. People have found that they can be taken seriously or more seriously, and they have much more um, entertainment value than right. they used to. Well, it's so easy now, especially. Mm-hmm. But that's good. Uh, yeah, and again, that's your space, so you would definitely know that answer more than I would. But just as a movie, movie aspect, I think it's pretty easy. I mean, when they can release a PG-13 version of Deadpool and not see any problem with that, and the fact that they're going to make millions off of it, yeah, that's you how were, you know that you were telling me comics that are being edited. Yeah, so they came out with the first trailer. I probably should have sent it over to you. Trailers funny. They they bring back uh, oh man, I'll never remember uh, t- uh, Tom Savage. He plays, you know, the Wonder Years boy in uh, Princess Bride. He's a little kid in bed, you know, while he's telling the story. Fred Savage. Fred Savage, sorry. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of how they do it. He's still in his bedroom, and it's instead it's Deadpool talking to him, and they kind of make fun of each other about it. But that's how they're playing. Oh, Fred Savage is playing. Yeah, playing like the same character. Yeah, and he's okay. sitting in his bed in the bedroom, and it's it's clever. Okay. And then they kind of show you a few of the scenes. So they've shot new footage for yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think they've shot... Either they shot they shot a few new things of footage. That's what I read. Then there's some edited footage that mm-hmm. got cut that they knew they could use for it because they did go in from what I know with this thought already in mind. So like this was already pre-planned. This isn't like post. They just waited. Okay. So, but it releases I think on Christmas. So they're really going to try to cash in on the on DVD or in theaters. Theater in theater. Yeah. Okay. They'll so make be the a money. new a new PG-13 version of Deadpool. Weird, right? Yeah. Again, sorry, the 13-year-olds have already seen the non-PG-13 movie of Deadpool. Right. That's my only only thing about it, but mm-hmm. the diehards. Will you go see, you're a diehard, will you go see a thirteen a PG-13 movie of Deadpool? Not in theater, but I'll definitely have to buy it just to, <laughs> just to check collection. it out. Well, I have to get them all in. You know. Well, I understand. I just had, to, just had to know how many people that are like hardcore fans would still like say why not let's just go watch it i'm gonna prefer the (laughs) r-rated right (laughs) the selling point of of the half the selling point of deadpool Mm -hmm. uh so the couple it's again it's pretty light um to stay on the marvel track so they think they found the director for guardians 3 after the james gunn did you you saw that i'm assuming that travis knight most likely and what do we know travis Knight? he is the director of kubo and the two strings the animated movie from a year or two ago and he's doing the Bumblebee movie that comes out shortly. So we don't know much about him. 
<laughs> what a face. Look at the face. I I wish, you know, we talked about so the video, but wow. <laughs> that was the that was the grossest face I've ever seen you make right there. Oh, so instead <laughs> of James Gunn, fantastic writer director, we're getting a guy who did a film I've never heard of and a film I'm not looking forward to. You know, I know a lot of people though. I watched Kubo and the Two Strings and uh it was I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was last year. It was uh animated. I know a lot of people that watched it. Um I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. I don't believe I have. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was that great. People loved it, though. It looked good. gorgeous. But yeah, and Bumblebee, uh, who everybody's excited about, because you know what we all want? More Transformers movies. Those They've been fun, but I mean, oh. you know, it gets to a point where... What is this, I cannot like believe you movies? said they've been fun. Have they? The action scenes are fun. Oh, wow. We need to have... You want to watch along? But Transformers <laughs> 2 is still one of the worst movies I've ever watched. It's in my, if I had to rank my top 10 worst movie going experience, like worst experiences, that movie is so bad. I honestly don't know if I know which ones, which ones, which. all I know is that it, you couldn't tell anything that was going on in the action scenes. Uh-huh. It was boring and it was like two and a half hours long. Yeah. And I remember sitting in a movie theater going, please, please drag me out of here because it's so bad. And I had no idea what was going on in the action movies. There was edited and cut. So ludicrous. Mm-hmm. After that, I was done. Well, I that. think some of the, some of them have had some fun action scenes in them, but but yeah, for the most part, I mean, I don't. What is this? Is this the sixth movie? Yes. That's too many. Oh, I mean, after the third one, who who needed it with uh, Wahlberg? Right. Why? Why was that? Wahlberg and Shia LaBeouf, or Shia LaBeouf was not the was the was not the killer of this franchise. It was. It's the. It's. It's robots and the trans. I don't know. I I've I thought the first one was fine, and that was it. Yeah, well, clearly they're still making money. <laughs> of course, you so. also got to think Chinese markets love big, exploding action movies. Yes. Love them. Sure. Especially ones based off cartoons and stuff. So China and Japan, like I think, uh, I just read today that uh, Venom has made uh, more money in Japan than almost any other movie. It's like number three over there or something. Of all time? No, of this year. Sorry. Oh, of this year. Yeah, of this year. I think it was just behind Infinity War. And uh, I think Ant-Man the Wasp, I think. But yeah, but because they just love that stuff. It doesn't matter if the movie's good or not. They just want to go for the big blow-ups. And and that's what Transformers is. I mean, I think they're aiming at the foreign market. But so he, this guy's going to be doing Guardians three. That's it's not signed on yet, but it sounds like that's the that's what's going to go on. Yeah. Well, I hope he, I hope he does good with it. James Gunn still wrote the script, right? They're using his script. I think that's part of what they're supposed to be doing. But they'll change it up, I suppose. Of course. This guy's probably got his own ideas. Of course. <laughs> why wouldn't he? More. Why robots. would he? Why would he want to come in? I, I understand that it's it's Marvel money mm-hmm. and. Marvel money, not probably the worst paycheck to take home as a director, but even then he's going to like uh, want to do his own thing. Right. I mean, that's just how it is. Because well, wasn't what was the Marvel movie that Edgar Wright was originally going to direct? Um, it wasn't Ragnarok, was it? I don't remember. I, I I know he was he was halfway through one of them and then got cut off, and whoever the new director was like changed almost everything. I'm like, well, of course, why wouldn't you? Nobody really wants to. I don't think you go into directing to direct other people's stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. 
they can pretend that and James or uh, and Batista was not leaving that movie no matter how much he said he was going to. So <laughs> I'm leaving if they don't use the script. No, you're not. They're gonna be like, hey, look at this, look at this check, look at the check. Do you want more? Uh, do you want more merchandise checks to come in the mail every month when we sell your Drax figures in Walmart? Mm-hmm. Batista, you're fine. And no offense, Batista, your ceilings hit. You're the big guy who does big guy things, right. and this is the best you got. I love Batista; I think he's funny. But uh, stop. That's my thing. Uh, That's all right. And then the oh, yeah, I like him; he's good too. Um, and as a wrestling fan, I like Batista. The only other thing I saw, and this is only because we did an episode on Halloween and some horror movies, the original script for Halloween had uh, Michael Myers killing Laurie Strauss. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's what I read. So that was the original plan, but they switched it up at the end that they didn't want to kill her off. Well, good, because they were able to make uh, 12 more movies. Exactly. That was my first thought when I read it. I was like, oh, so they made a smart business decision? Like, okay, we, we give everybody the quick, oh, my gosh, they did it. And then they go... Oh, remember for the next one, we have to create a whole new character and try to sell this again instead of just paying Jamie Lee Curtis a little bit more to let you come back one more time. I like when films have consequences for the characters. You know, I like when they're willing to kill major characters just because I feel like it, it makes the story more impactful. Sure. I don't want the same character keep coming back and coming yeah, back right. without consequence. Right. Well, and, you know, it's so funny because, again, Jamie Curtis, another person that we were talking about typecasting, you know, she was, she spoke so ill of that franchise for so long on so many different occasions. Like, she doesn't want to be typecast, she doesn't want to be, and then she does H2O, and then she says she's never doing another one, and then, welcome back, because, because of the paycheck that looks so beautiful all the time. Right. Stop doing it. We don't need another. We don't need another one. Mm-hmm. Can we? We need to have an episode where we talk about what we don't need anymore. We don't need another Halloween. We don't need another Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Or another Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that is. That's another one that's been milked. You want to talk? I bet you my least, my two favorite, my two least favorite franchises of the past since two thousand. Let's say I bet you are Pirates and Transformers. Yeah, Pirates was fun at first, but... The first one was fun. Yeah. But then it was just... They've done about five or six of those. I stopped after the third one on that, too, just like Transformers, because I was just completely done and checked out. Mm -hmm. At some point, I just cut her. I just cut it off. The only franchise that I've I've not cut off that I say every time I'm going to cut off is uh, Fast and the Furious. It keeps getting me, and I keep (laughs) not wanting it to. Like, every time, I'm like, nope, not doing it. Don't watch it. And guess what I do? Watch it. And I kind of like it. Uh, no, those, those have gotten so ridiculous. That's why they're fun. Which one was the one where Vin Diesel is on top of the car, and the car, I think, collides head-on with another... Is that the one where he jumps? He flies through oh the air. And he, I think that's the fifth one? He, fifth or sixth? He catch, Doesn't he catch... Uh, yeah, in the air. Yeah. And then they land on the other side of the overpass, because I know exactly what you're talking about. That's the one with the big tank in it. That's yeah. like the big tank battle. Okay. And just totally unscathed in that one, too. It gets up. That's the funny part about those <laughs> movies. Nobody gets hurt. Like, there was the, there's the one, I don't know if it's the sixth or seventh one, where they start, you know, in the car race. And, uh, you know, like, Ludacris and Tyrese. They both crash. Like, crash. Because, you know, you don't just mm-hmm. go off to the ditch in Fast and the Furious. I mean, you crash into a building. 
they show up at the next scene. Oh man. Like rubbing their necks. Like <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? You guys should be dead. But yeah, that's the one that's the one franchise I go back to it. See, I don't I don't find that kind of action exciting because to me it's just all it's all composite shots and you know, oh, computer is. effects and I know that. That to me doesn't thrill me. It doesn't I'm like I know. Oh look at the blue screened Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh amazing. <laughs> you know. Honestly, I know all them things. And I think every time I watch one and every time I'm still like, gosh, I don't know why I semi liked it. I just, cause I thought it was done. I watched the one where Paul Walker, you know, died. And, uh, so it was like half Paul Walker, half his brother. They CGI Paul Walker in a little bit. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it just cause. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the seventh one. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm like, that's it. Cause you know, they have an eighth, they came off one more and I was like, I'm done. And I think I watched the eighth one still. And I was like, I shouldn't, I need to stop this. Now they're doing just a Statham Rock one side story that I'm done with. Don't need that. No, nobody needs to branch off <laughs> from Fast and the Furious. I've still said I'm waiting for the Fast and the Furious superhero movie crossover because they're pretty much superheroes. I they mean, they just, don't yeah. die. <laughs> they that they move that Vin Diesel fly. pulled off where he flew through the air. I think they should just. <laughs> I think they just they should just reveal that 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 he's he's basically uh, Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. Right. Totally. I mean he is. Yeah. He's been diesel, he's the man that this is the one franchise that he can handle and that's it. Because nobody really nobody needs Vin Diesel in their life. Mm-hmm. We just want his voice. That's it. Yeah, is he coming back as Groot? I would assume. <laughs> I would assume. That's all we like Vin Diesel for. If they got somebody else, would we know the difference? No. <laughs> we would not. I know. I love how like that's a big thing every time. Yeah. Diesel's group, like he came to the office for a day. It seems reset the line a bunch of times and could, let could his, could what the if director have just had his nephew come in and do it? Well, I could see for the first Guardians because it was so new. It was it was like it was almost part of the joke. Like here's an actor who is an A list star. This is all he's doing, right. and now we're gonna put on the poster. And when you watch the movie, you're gonna think, wasn't that funny that? Or Vin Diesel literally just said, I am Groot the whole time. Like, but now, you know, it's the joke is, isn't there anymore. So now it's just like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Like, (laughs) is that ridiculous? You know, especially considering baby Groot is like a synthesized kid voice. So they just just pitch it. Ridiculous. (laughs) All right. So let's get into the, to the, the very long list of movies we want to talk about today. Which is fun, because that's what we're here to do, to tell you what to watch and what not to watch. So let's start with a movie we actually watched a few weeks ago. We'll finally get around to. It's a Netflix original. It's a documentary called Shirkers. Mm-hmm. Um, that is pretty spectacular. And I kind of loved it. But good. I, I will uh, I'll let John take it away See what I, see what he thinks about uh, the plot and everything. Well, it's, it's basically a, it's a documentary, and it's about a a group of young girls from Singapore, Singapore. And they're, uh, years ago, they made a feature film called shirkers. And this film shirkers is a documentary about basically the making of that film and kind of, um, the, the history that followed, um, the, the, uh, the girl that, that wrote the film and, was trying to get him. Sandy Tan. Okay. She, she met this guy. Yeah. His name was George's George Cardona. 
Okay. He was like an American. Yeah. And he claimed he had all these Hollywood connections and could help her get her movie produced. And essentially conned her. Conned, conned her and her friends yeah. into making this making this movie. This mm-hmm. very B-level, low-ball uh, movie with whatever they could figure out what to do. But it was all these kids. Yeah. Like, they were like 15, 16, 17 years old. And everybody was. Like cameramen. Mm-hmm. Like we're buddies of theirs. The people running the... Just everything. There was like five or six of them. And they were just kind of like filming this movie all over Singapore. Yeah, and they were giving him money too. Yeah, and, they were, and uh, there's a point at the movie where like he's running out of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go and empty out like 20 grand out of their bank accounts. Right. And like their trust funds and stuff and give them more money. Because these girls are... They, they kind of start the movie off saying like their dream in life was to be in Hollywood. You yeah. know, they're in Singapore. They don't have this luxury. And they see like American magazines, mm-hmm. movie stars. So that's what they think they're being. And now they have this, you know, pretend hotshot director who thinks, who said he knew a producer on Apocalypse Now, which was yeah, funny. Yeah, he said he worked on Apocalypse, worked on Apocalypse Now. Now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, but again, they were sheltered. They had no idea. Why yeah. would they, why would he lie to them? Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So it's this story and it's because they, you know, they were shooting a movie and it's the story about the movie. They, they have tons of archival footage. Yes. So, so they show tons of parts of the movie of, like where they were shooting, they they show different parts of that he stole from Hollywood movies, which I thought was funny. Like, like we thought this was super edgy and mm-hmm. super clever, and then they show the movie that he ripped the idea <laughs> off from, which I thought was great. Yeah. But now the funny, so there's a couple parts I loved about it. Outside of the whole journey to find this film and how weird this George guy was, and because um, eventually he disappears, like they're yeah. pretty into they're they're pretty close to the end of production, like they. They finished filming, <laughs> right? And, and they're waiting for him to, to come back with the finished edit of right. the film, and they never, never, ever hear from him. Besides, like I think one he, letters, and it's like four or five years later he yeah. sends a letter. I mean, they go empty for a long time. Yeah, and and but it was weird though. Like too, before I get into like things I really loved about it, I thought that so yeah, so you don't ever you know see him or meet him or anything, and even like they show like the archival footage, they only have that one shot of him where he just walks through the background like they don't like he, he's such a mystery guy like he's mm-hmm. that's what makes him interesting but the one thing he did no matter what he did is he kept the reels to this movie mm-hmm. which is odd considering they make it sound like he was very you know kind of aloof to the situation kind of taking advantage of these kids but, but he obviously cared somewhat do you think that maybe he wanted to finish the film but just didn't have the means i think he got to a point that he he took the movie and like wherever he went because they kind of show they kind of figure out where he moved to where he was from. I mean, he flew like so he he transported these to like what three different locations. All of these there had been what ninety reels of film. Yeah, it was quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he planned to finish, but I think he felt bad, like getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that was in his mind of like I did all this work. And the kids must have had some sort of effect on him. Like, you know, they were all teenagers growing up, and they were with him for a couple of years while they were shooting this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, I mean, Sandy Tan, the director of this movie, who was the main star in the movie they are making, you know, her and him had kind of a interesting friendship, I would say, you know, um, that he well, had, that I think he wanted to take farther than she did. But they yeah. still stayed friends, though, and that's the reason why, like, the best part of the movie to me was the conversation she was having because they, they they interview the people that were in the movie 
including like two two girls that were the main stars with her that they're friends mm-hmm. and i think it's funny the 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 bet like the really good friend of hers i love their back and forth where she's just like like sadie does not realize even today you know what's what 40 years 30 years later it's, they're like no you you were doing that why were you did you not notice how close you were with him and you were doing everything he said and wasting our money mm-hmm. she's like no i wasn't the girl's like yeah you were how do you not see that? Like, even still, she doesn't realize the effect this guy, which I thought was super interesting. Like, I thought those parts were fun. Yeah. Well, she trusted him. She was, you know. She did. But I don't know. That's what I got out of it. I felt like that he, he realized he, he, he was never going to finish it. It was like a hot rod that somebody wants to finish. They're never going to finish it, but they have affection to it. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought he had. But yeah. eventually she gets the movie back, but it has no sound. Yeah. So the sound reel was completely gone. Yeah. So now they just have footage with no with no music right or no sound at all that'd be depressing to finally get it after like 30 years <laughs> yeah and realize there's no sound it had a kind of a nice <coughs> overall message though the film the film did because um some of the some of the girls are actually doing really well now um, yeah in in the one um called eat eat eating air or something. oh yeah Something like Which that. did really well, yep. I guess, in in Singapore, and um, the other one is, I think, a, a journalist. Um, yep, writes yep. writes about movies basically. Yep, yes, she does. So it um, seems very yeah, because she was she just got a tenured at her job during the documentary, right? And that's what she yeah. says. She gets like tenure at, at her film, her journalism. Yeah, so it kind of it kind of showed that you know even though um, they got taken by this guy, you know if you work hard and you um, are a good person, you'll you'll still wind up. You'll yeah. Cause up. they're all great people. Like this yeah. is such a, like, it's such an interesting story with positive, like of who we are. And this is what we did yeah. while they're looking back. I just think it's funny also when they look back on it. Cause like you can tell the, the director Sandy is, is it's still interested in this, but they have not been like, there's mm-hmm. points where they're like, we don't, we don't know. And like, <laughs> she's showing him the note notes and notebooks that she has from him. And yeah. they're like trying to remember, they're trying to like relive this. And the other cool little thing I thought was they, they interview a couple of the weirdest people, the critics in Singapore, that one guy who doesn't leave his house and sits in like a complete room of clutter. And he's the like Singapore film critic, which I find <laughs> hilarious. Um, and he talks about like how, if the movie would have came out, it would have been a cult classic. Like the way movies were in Singapore, like mm-hmm. there was that one other, that uh, one movie with that super female superhero. And he, he compared it to that, and he was like, God, if this movie would have came out, this might have been, like, a huge deal here. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that it it's not. Because he was wa- he even watched it without the sound, and he's like, it's amazing. But yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like with the, So he was, I thought that was cool, too. Like, I mean, we watch it now, and we look at it, and it looks ridiculous. But Yeah, it didn't look like much to me. But uh, the fact that even the fact that they, they have a documentary now that's on Netflix shows that they're doing well. So. Yeah, definitely um, watch it. It's so far. I, I, I texted you right away when I watched it. I was like, John has to watch this, watch this movie. Cause it's so good. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed myself a lot. Yeah, I tend to really enjoy documentaries so do I. just in general. Cause you know, they're about something real and right. it's, you know, even if it's foreign to you, it's just always kind of interesting. Yeah. And that was just, you know, the only reason why I even knew about it is cause uh, <coughs> Sorry for my cough. Uh, one of the uh, film podcasts I listened to, they actually are friends with her, oh, uh, okay. the director. And so they're like, oh, just so you guys know, here's the movie. And we, cause they, uh, they don't review movies with friends that make them. Mm. And uh, they were just like, it's pretty good. You guys should. And so I'm like, oh, this is cool. So 
Everybody go on Netflix. That's the one to watch. Yeah. Different one documentary. It's yes. super fun. Light it's shirkers. Shirkers. Super light. Super easy. Mm-hmm. So we actually are doing a lot of docu are not a Netflix stuff right now, just because. Well, they're easier. They're, they're, they're easy, easy for they're easy for the the listeners to they access, are. right? And they're easy for us to access, of course. Too. And if Netflix is going to keep doing it, and Netflix is the platform right now, no other streaming service is Netflix. Mm-hmm. So. It's just easier that way. We do need to get to a theater, though. I've been missing my movie theater that I have not went to. Um, Something good would come out. That's the problem. I just had somebody text me. That's a sidewall. But uh, text me the other day. They're like, uh, we're going to go see a movie. We're going to either see The Grinch or the new Wreck-It Ralph. And I went, uh, I texted her back. I'm like, is there something else out? He goes, no. And (laughs) And that was it. And I was like, yeah, he's probably right. Uh, to be all honest with you. I'm sure Wreck-It Ralph is fun. I'm sure it's fine. I, I like the first one. I thought the first one was fun. So I didn't like go against it because anything animated and stuff, that's fine. I heard The Grinch is actually getting some decent reviews too. I have no need to watch it. but um, So the other couple uh, Netflix movies we're going to chit-chat about that we watched recently, uh, we'll do the bigger one first, was the new Coen Brothers movie, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yep. Um, which is the new Western on Netflix. Uh, again, Ethan Joe Coen... Uh, Cohen from No Country for Old Men fame, Hail Caesar, bunch of stuff. Burn After Reading. They're pretty. A couple of little known films called Fargo. Fargo. The Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, yeah. So they're, you know, they're okay. But so I can only imagine how much Netflix paid for this. I should have looked it up. But so now they're here with a Western that is uh, six short stories. Um. Told told like a book, pretty much. And uh, there's pretty much six different Western stories that they're going to tell you. And they're all a little different. Mm-hmm. And uh, some are super interesting. Right. And then there's a couple that are... But that, but I guess if, you know, you even said on the Halloween one, like Trick or Treat, and there's a lot of horror movies kind of like this, where it's... Well, it's... Know. Yeah, it's an, it's an anthology. It's a series of shorts. Each one is unrelated to the others. Right. They're just... Each one is a complete story. Yep. Um, each one has a separate group of actors in it. They're, you could, you know, you could watch any one of them, and, and they're all just separate. Um, they're, the only thing they have in common is they all take place during the the West. Yeah, the, no, the West. The yeah, West. Um, I, the, for me, the Coen Brothers have always been hit or miss. Same with I them. mean, they when they hit, it's it's great bullseye bullseye. But but when they miss, their- <laughs> when they miss, I mean, did you see Hail Caesar? A couple years ago? I think I started it and never I it. disliked Hail Caesar so yeah. much. I could not even... So, okay, so like the first story in Buster Scruggs, which is the musical kind mm-hmm. of one, that was Hail Caesar from, for two hours. It was that. Well, it was, it was, I actually liked that short. I liked Buster it Scruggs. as a short, yeah. but as a two-hour movie set in Hollywood, it was a rough go. Yeah. Um, for me, this, this Buster Scruggs film, I, I'd recommend that you watch it. There's... There's six different shorts, um, true to Coen brother form. Some of them I thought were great and some of them I didn't really care for, but overall I, I thought I enjoyed the film and I really, I, I like, I actually, I really like short films and, you know, I've said before that a, a film should be as long as a story that it tells. In other words, not every film deserves to be two hours long, right? But unfortunately, short films don't get a lot of distribution. There's not, Oh yeah. There's no, no way to see them really. So other than they are getting better on the internet though, I think short films yeah. the last couple of years 
are getting a little more because I think they've. Re- I mean, if you know where to look for them, you can find them. Yeah. They, they are starting to get out there a little more. Well, that's good. They're, um, they're they're a little easier to find, but again, how do you even know they exist? Right, that's the thing. So outside of packaging them together as a feature film like this, they don't usually get seen a lot. Right. Um, so I enjoyed seeing, you know, some some good short films, and you know, like I said, a couple of them I didn't really care for as much, but uh, I definitely like the first one. The is that your favorite one? Um, my favorite one was the gold miner. That one I thought was okay. That one felt very Cohen, very Cohen to me. And that was the one I thoroughly enjoyed the most. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting little, it reminded me very much of blood simple. Yeah. Well, and I was just going to say the, the story, I think the reason why I liked it is because it was so simple. All it is, <laughs> is a guy, he's panning for gold, yep. finds a little gold. He starts digging for the gold. And that's a, I mean, that's a good 15 minutes of it. Cause it's probably about 20 minutes long. Yeah. And then something, there's some, there's you know, some then twists. there's something happens. There's yeah. a couple twists, there's, there's but like, that's a majority of it. I mean, it's simple. And right. I, I thoroughly was into that one, Yeah. but I did love the opening too. I thought yeah. that was by far. Those were my few favorite. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the James Franco one seemed yeah, I like very, that one. really I like to that me, one. that was probably my least favorite one. No, I like that one quite a bit. Seems seemed a little. I mean, I didn't dislike any of it. To the be fir- honest with you, like, the first two were the the musical one and then the James Franco one, and those I think were probably my two favorites. Okay. So it, for me, it started really strong, um, and then you know there was a few that I didn't like. As yeah, much. the Liam. Oh, the Liam Neeson one was by far my least favorite. Oh, that was painful. It was painful. painful. It was it last. That was very Coney too. Like a little goofy while being, you know, while building a long, long story to have that one little ending that you kind of knew was going to happen the whole time. So it wasn't like a big shock. I thought they could have went one more twist at right. the end, but instead they just went for it. They just ended it. Yeah, there was just <laughs> well, they were just like, "Is this the ending you think is going to happen?" It is. <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. was my least favorite one. That was probably the first. But it, again, I like the ending one uh, on the stagecoach. I thought that was clever. Um, I like Brendan Gleeson too. He's like one of my favorite actors. So when you shove him in there, I was excited. It was a nice little just conversation. Probably a weird way to end the movie. Because mm-hmm. um, they definitely ended on a more somber note than yeah. previous, and then the other one that we didn't talk about was the the love story one uh, with the shootout. I also don't like it when westerns only uh, uh, show American Indians as savage, terrible people and always bad guys, which is totally what they're showing in this one in both of the scenes there. And I'm like, <sighs> not totally correct, but you know whatever yeah i'm not the biggest fan of that so when that's like when they're always the bad evil killers i'm like that's really not how it was but that's fine we'll let it for this movie i let it slide a little more than like a western that's like trying to do what it's doing for two hours but but no it was yeah, good it, it was, wasn't really trying it was this was not really trying to no um be anything other than um, I mean, like you mentioned, it was kind of almost like a book. Like the the, well, the interstitials between each short was, was pages turning, turning page. into a book. So it was almost like it was bringing to life like an old um, Western novelization. Right. So the characters were kind of like going to be stereotypes and things. And they were. And that's fine. But no, I, I thought it was, you know, it's breezy. And the nice thing is, is if you really like start watching one of the shorts for five minutes and you realize you don't like it. You can fast forward 12 minutes and start the next one yeah. if you really want to. Yeah, it's kind of a good Coen Brothers sampler. R- totally. All, all if you the, want to see all the different things they're good at, like they yep. like musical numbers, they like a little bit of little slow, comedy. little comedy, they like violence, 
A little violence. A lot of clean, a little violence. Some twists. That first, that first, that first one, man. And occasionally like, just boring you. To yeah, and occasionally <laughs> boring you. Like that is a thing. Like the Coen Brothers are are good at. They are good at making. Of of all people that make sometimes boring things, they're all good at like even though it can be boring, you're still like. It could be more boring. Like I've seen worse. I don't know. Really? Like I have their filmography here. Um, we could do a whole show, maybe probably just on the Coen Brothers, which we will probably. But like, did you see Bridge, Bridge of Spies? No, you don't need to. That is the ultimate. Like, this is too boring for life movie. Um, Inside Lewin Davis, which I liked a lot. Well, they did True Grit. I forgot they did True Grit. I liked True Grit. So did I. Um, Western. A Serious Man. I don't think I ever watched couldn't it. Couldn't do it. It was uh, so bad. The movie got a lot of acclaim, but I, I was looking it. forward to that one because they they shot it here in uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. not not well, here. We're, close enough. we're near here, near Minnesota, near Minnesota. Um, they shot it in Minnesota, and um, which is where they're originally from, right? And so it felt. I thought they were going to do a kind of. A, I heard it was based a little bit on their dad. Okay. So I thought, oh, this is going to be a really kind of a personal story from the Coens, and yeah. I looked forward to it, and it was just painfully, painfully boring. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And that's why I never watched it. Never looked interesting to me. It just didn't get me. And I've watched most of their list, and I just, I haven't. I just never watched it. Um, but then Fargo and, and Big Lebowski are two of my all-time favorite right. films. So I mean, and, they, or a brother where art though. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it almost became vomitous because you couldn't get away from the soundtrack for that year, <laughs> and you're almost like, all right, we're done. I cannot hear these songs anymore. Like I was at that point, mm-hmm. and I'm a big No Country for Old Men guy. Yeah, I like No Country. I think the ending is is. Yeah, we had this discussion. I think they, should, I think trim, they should trim the final scene off the movie. It'd be a better movie, but I think it's fine. They, they did, did you see Burn After Reading? To, to, I think they put that last scene on there to just mess just with to it. Ruin, just to ruin it. Yeah. I did I see what? Did you see a Burn After Reading? Love that movie. I thought it was. I like, love right, that one. Falls in my middle ground. I thought it was good. Oh my god! I don't love it's it. So good. Burn After Reading is about. Uh, That's another where it's Cohen. Like that one kind of goes with Hail Caesar to me, uh, but I didn't like Hail Caesar. Of Cohen Brothers being like, we're the Cohen Brothers. Like Burn After Reading is very Cohen Brothers. Burn, Burn After Reading is about. Uh, it stars Brad Pitt as this personal trainer guy with little blonde yeah. streaks in his hair, and he finds what he thinks is top secret CIA information, and he decides and he's that, an, just a complete buffoon. Oh yeah, he's great. He's so great at that character. Um, he he decides he's going to blackmail the guy who left this information behind. It's actually just, it's actually, it's, it's, it's the guy writing his own biography or something. Right. The CIA, the former, yeah, former CIA right. guy writing like yeah. a, a biography or something. Again, it's I saw really that not, in the theater. So, so I, I haven't I, seen it in decade. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's Brad Pitt, this moron trying to, uh, blackmail a former CIA guy. And, uh, it doesn't go well. No, it does not. It's very funny. It's a dark comedy. It's yeah, it's funny. I highly recommend it. It's been a, again, I haven't seen it in the theater. I should probably rewatch it at some point. Oh yeah. Um but then the other one that we watched on Netflix, which is the other big Netflix uh uh new movie this week, I think it came out actually after Buster Scruggs, was Cam, mm-hmm. which is the story of a Cam girl, uh, who does, you know, the online porn camming. And Pretty much her whole goal in life is to become, like, you know, they rank the girls on the campsite and she wants to be a top 50 girl. And so that's what you're watching, is you're watching her attempting these different things. Yeah. And, of course, with camming comes 
weird dudes and that's what you expect when mm-hmm. you're going to cam online live and talk to people and do things for them. Mm-hmm. So eventually, I mean, it kind of half goes in the way you're expecting it to, right? Like you assume that somebody is going to be kind of like stalking her of some sort or right. get a hold of her, which does happen. But then the movie kind of takes a completely new twist on what... It's hard to say because you don't want to give it away. Um, I'll just say that it becomes a supernatural film. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way of saying it. It it definitely takes a turn that that you do get confused by for a while. You're like, okay, that's interesting where they're going with it. And And then it just kind of kept going. Yeah. I liked her. She, oh yeah, yeah I mean she. Scary. I mean, I thought they also did like the camming stuff seemed legit. Like, uh, it seemed like it was real. I always think like yeah. movies, like movies that involve sex and porn, sometimes can just not seem like this is how it really is. But I mean, it seemed like you know she turns her camera on, does some weird stuff, and or does whatever stuff people like. Yeah, and she has like a friends that she talks to that also do camming, and she spe- she's loaded, has a lot of money because she makes tons of money on this website. Yeah, and you know doesn't tell her mom and all these things, but now she has this crazy thing going on. Yeah, um, the way they depicted her her camming, I don't. I mean, I don't personally know a whole lot about these cam girls and things, but I do know that there are people who. Um, stream themselves playing video games online. Sure. And it's a pretty popular thing right now. Some of them are very well known. One of them was just actually on the cover of ESPN magazine for playing video games online. Sure. And people can watch them and you can chat with them. You know, you can type messages in the chat. Um, if you like what they're doing, you can give donations and things. So everything in this movie, the way that they depicted her to me, it reminded me a, a lot of um, these video gamers that I, that I sometimes watch yeah. and that I'm familiar with. And I was really looking forward to um, this movie because I thought it would be sort of about the um, the pitfalls of, of putting yourself out there on the internet like that. Because uh, there is a lot that comes with that. I've heard stories about some of these, these streamers. And, I mean, they people have – I've heard stories of their, their houses being shot at. Yeah, well, of course, um, it's 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 the internet nowadays. Yeah, I mean, if you get big enough to where you know you're seen even by a hundred thousand people a week or a day, you know, not all hundred thousand are normal, nice people. Some of these video game streamers that I'm referring to have millions of followers. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're, they're legitimate celebrities. Yeah. I mean, if they go out in public, there's people that are going to recognize. Right? Them. Wasn't like the what was whoever it was last year? Sixteen million, I think, was the highest somebody made off somebody, gaming. Like 16 million. That was just on what they did. Yeah. That wasn't counting everything else. Yeah. So, so this movie Cam going into it, I was really looking forward to it. And um, when it took this supernatural turn, to be honest with you, I lost interest in it. So, yeah. and I, the turn takes a long time. Yeah. Like I think they firmly expect that the audience is going to be confused until mm-hmm. the very end. Like uh, that's how it felt to me. Like the first half hour, I was totally, I was interested. Like yeah. I liked her. I liked her job. Mm-hmm. She, she had her brother that knew about what she did, which I thought was interesting. Cause they got to like joke about it and stuff that showed her like, that was a whole dynamic that of course was slumped away at the end of the movie. But, uh, you know, and her mom didn't know, like I thought that was good. And then once it hits the, like what you're saying, um, 
it just started to feel long. We understood. I mean, I understood. I got it. I was like, okay, I get what's happening to you. And the way it finished, like how she, I didn't like the ending. Was ridiculous. Yeah, it got bad. You know, so like there was like good stuff here, and then it just didn't continue. Like again, I liked the first half hour. Mm-hmm. I was into it, and I, I liked her the whole time. That she was a good actress and sold what she did. But then it, you know, I like you said the supernatural portion didn't work, and how it finished was so and didn't really make sense. <laughs> if you're really I, breaking down, yeah, but, I planned on giving this film a bad review, but I I was thinking about the fact that this movie is getting ninety five percent from critics on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. And, and I think it, but I, I read some of the reviews. It's because of her. A lot of the reviews. The audience are, is also giving it positive. Yeah, reviews. I think it was like 65, 70, somewhere in there. Right. So, I is was, it, is after it the, watching the movie, I was scratching my head and I was thinking, <laughs> um, I was asking myself, what is it that people see in this? And I, 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 I'm going to go back to something I said on, the, on one of our earlier episodes about how Oftentimes, critics will watch movies that they are not in the target audience for. Sure. Um, I am not in the target audience for this film because I, this is another thing I've said on the previous episode, I don't usually care for supernatural thrillers. I'm not scared of ghosts or demons or these kinds of things. All I see is... So many people are. Right. That's the thing. Yes. Um, All I see when I see those kinds of films is I see special effects. And in this one, it's it's not a lot of special effects, but it's just editing tricks, basically. Right. Um, so, but, but here's the thing that I can, I think if you look a little detailed about it, uh, that a lot of people can get behind is what the internet can do to you. Like, I think that's also part of it is you put yourself out there even beyond what we do. Like, I mean, even if so you if comment you, on if, something, if you, if you put yourself in I mean, a supernatural presence, no, it's not even, it's not even that, but it's, it's the fact that like how many people have done posted videos online, said something online and something negative comes from it. Oh yeah, you know, and that's that's a and see side that, and that's what I wanted to see. And you also got to think, critics too. A lot of them probably post their stuff online and um, stuff to do, um, and uh, and and post, and they probably get negative feedback and stuff. Great, great. that's that's only part of it. Your your supernatural part's not doesn't I, fit. I would have enjoyed seeing a film about the actual pitfalls of streaming your life on the internet. Sure. And that's what I hoped this would be. Right. That's not what this is. Well, and this that's is. why when she has the the scene later at the birthday party where they tried to tie that back in, I was like, it doesn't work anymore because yeah. that's not what the movie is. Yeah, that's not what this movie is. This is a supernatural thriller, and I would compare it a little more to um, a couple other films I saw recently. Um, one was called Unfriended. Oh, yeah. That was and, Unfriended. and one was called um, Truth or Dare. I actually did. I didn't see I didn't Truth, or Truth or Dare, or but Dare. I saw the pre the preview for it. And, kind of got the gist of it. But if you like those kind of films that are sort of about a supernatural presence, it, um, you might enjoy this one. Sure. I don't, I don't know. But it it's, it's I not s- what I wanted it to be. Right. It's, 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 it's a different film. It wasn't for me either. Right. And I, but again, I liked, I liked her. She was interesting. She was fine. Looked good. Sounded good. Acted well in a movie that some other people didn't. Um, some of the other girls were rough. But <coughs> yeah. it wasn't much. I, you know, if, if this sounds like what is in, up your alley, watch it. Right. It's on Netflix. Go for it. Right. Do we care? No. It's right. fine. Yeah. It's a movie that in a year, somebody will say, did you watch Cam? And I'll be like, possibly I did watch that. It's not the kind of thing you'd watch repeatedly. It's just a, it's just a, a kind of a ghost film. If you like those kind of, if you're looking for just kind of a, a quick, easy scare. Right. 
it's there for you. Sure. Okay. So now to a movie that uh, John didn't like, that I didn't see, because I take John's word. Uh, uh, Juliet Naked, take yep. it away. Well, I was at the Red Box looking for something, and I see this movie, Juliet Naked. It's getting, what are the, the Rotten Tomato scores? It's oh, okay. really high. Um, it had Ethan Hawke and Rose Byrne. And my first thought... Which I like both of them. Yeah. When, 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 my first thought when I 82%. saw... 82%. 82 from audience or critics? From critics and audience is... Come on. I keep going. I'll find it. Um, well, anyway. 84. 80, 84 yeah. from the audience. Higher than the critics. Right. So I didn't know what it was, but uh, the actors that were in it made me think of um, a trilogy of films that I, I do enjoy called uh, Before Sunrise and Before Sunset. Before and Before Midnight. Those are the three films uh, that were all done by Richard Linklater. And those starred Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Yep. So <clears throat> I thought, well, maybe this, it just it just kind of reminded me of those films. And I thought maybe it'll be similar. So I, I rented it to see. And uh, it was painful. It was bad. <laughs> it was so predictable. So um, it, It's one of the movies. So when I looked it up a little bit after you said you watched it, just seeing like the first couple of reviews I read and just like the pictures, like it looked so just based off the cover art and pictures, it looked like seen this movie before. Is it like that? Oh yeah. Oh, it looks like it. It's one of the movies you see it and you're like, why would that? It looks like what I think it is. Yeah. It's, um, the movie starts, it's about this, this guy named Duncan who is obsessed with a musician named Tucker Crow, who nobody has seen or heard from in some time. But this guy, Duncan, runs a fan site, and he's just obsessed with anything Tucker Crow. Okay. And he has a uh, girlfriend that he lives with, and um, basically... He's totally obnoxious, this guy Tucker. Totally obnoxious. <laughs> Which, you know what I love? Watching a movie with a totally obnoxious person in it consistently for a long time. The movie beats you <laughs> over the head with how unlikable he unlikable is. Unlikable he is. So, can you guess how it ends? He becomes likable. No. No, really? No. I expect that. I usually She just leaves just... him. Okay. She ends up with the other guy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's the whole movie. How shocked were you? None. <laughs> it was painfully bad. That's too bad, because Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke, great, great people. Love both yeah. of them. So that makes me sad. No, they bad. end up together. Well, I know, but I'm sad that they're in a bad movie, because I like them both. Yeah, it's she's with this guy. He's horrible. He treats her bad. He's obnoxious. He's annoying. You can't stand him. Why she leaves she him. him. Like, even up to that point, isn't it funny? Like, you catch them in their relationship, you're like, why did you even get this far? Right. And, I mean, he at one point, he cheats on her. He straight up cheats on her in the movie. <laughs> like, I I already didn't like the guy. Yeah. Now so he's cheating on Rose They need Burke. to add it even more. Right. Like, is this the point where you go, why is this movie still there? Shouldn't it be right. over now? Like, it shouldn't she been. just be like, we're done? So then along comes Tucker Crow into her life. Right. And he's... He's great. <laughs> she likes him a lot. But she can't leave. 
No, she she leaves. Well, she does, but not right away. Or else it no, be a she, movie. Oh, she really goes right away. So what's the how far? How long in the movie does this happen? This seems like the ending. Uh, so we're, we're introduced to them. She, she can't stand. Uh, well, I can't stand Duncan. Right. She's tolerating Duncan <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, eventually, she she leaves him after she found out he's cheating on her. And then so she meets uh, Tucker Crow, and she likes him, and their relationship grows, and they end up together. That's the movie? That's the whole movie. Wow. <laughs> well, interesting. So it's like they took the ending of every movie like that and just put it in the middle. Yeah. And it was like, so you know how movies end with the fun part of, they end up together, how sweet. What if we put that about an hour in, and they end up together, and then... You got to see how great their relationship was instead of just imagining. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It was it was very flat. Very uh, it flat. sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like it a blast. I mean, you know where it's going the whole time. Sure. Like, you know. Oh, once the obnoxious guy shows up, which apparently was four minutes into the movie. Um, one, zero minutes into <laughs> the movie. He starts it. He opens the movie. <laughs> the movie opens with a shot of his face. <laughs> That's funny. He's in the whole movie. In fact, he's continued to haunt me after the movie ended. Right. Because I, I told you this. I fired up Netflix. Oh, yeah. To look for something different to cleanse my palate. And up comes a banner. I didn't even have to click anything. Up comes a banner advertising the Get Shorty TV series starring Sorry, the guy. same guy. <laughs> you are sold. Get out of my life, Duncan. <laughs> You are your soul. I know it. That's who you want in your life now. You want more of that guy. No. <laughs> well, speaking of, segue, I also watched a movie that was centered around a terrible person mm -hmm. that once you realize that they kind of suck, it's really hard to enjoy the movie. I understand that there's movies out there where that works. There is, here and there. But when that is such a main portion, it is so hard to get behind a character that you just can't like. And it's so, so frustrating. So the movie I watched was a French film. It's called Rodin. And it centers around a French, like, uh, and again, I don't know anything about art, so I'm not even going to pretend. Uh, Auguste Rodin, who is a sculptor in France. And uh, it's, uh, it's set over three decades. He doesn't age. So, you know, if that makes sense. His beard changes. That's how you know it's a different time in the, in, in the story, which frustrates me. I love it. The second I read the thing, I was like, okay, that's interesting. You know, uh, three decades. And then I see the guy. He already looks old. I'm like, I'd love to know how this guy's going to look older. His <laughs> beard just grows. That's it. It's gro it changes. Well, and it changes a little color. A little gray shows up. I'm like, oh. Stan Lee looked the same. Uh, <laughs> that's, the true. that's true. That's true. the time he was 95. But everybody else did in this movie, too. But so so he's, he's a sculptor, and he's uh, set to make the uh, Dante's Inferno, which is... Uh, famous book into like this huge masterpiece but at this point in france sculpting with clay was out of style and sculpting with stone was in style i found that interesting like watching him sculpt like the first half hours him doing like a bunch of like uh, nude scenes with uh, ladies sculpting and stuff and showing kind of what he does and and his frustration with his sculptures not working i thought that was interesting but he has a girl a young apprentice who is attractive who they have an affair his wife at home is this very big, brutish woman. 
And so that's the, that's the story is, uh, you know, their love affair, how he doesn't leave his wife. And then, but the thing about this movie is every scene is definitely advances years. So pretty much when the scene ends, you have to try to figure out how long it's been between, because then the next scene, he'll be mad at the apprentice and they don't know why this guy has no sense of pretty much anything around him other than he loves this girl and loves his wife. And, but he won't leave either of them, even though they both know about one another. And because, well, he's a famous sculptor. So I give him that. So I guess if you're a famous sculptor in France in 19 or early 1900s, I guess you're a celebrity that people want to be with. But the other thing is he sleeps with so many other people in this movie. So he is a kind of a terrible person. And then you learn that he, he's starting to get over sculpting so that he's supposed to make the sculpture of this, uh, you know, this gentleman, um, who knows, uh, some, some king or something that's respected. And he makes it this, uh, short fat and makes his testicles huge, which is pretty funny because the people walk in the room and they're like, why are his testicles so big? And he just kind of looks at them, doesn't say anything. And they're like talking about how maybe he missed the mark on this sculpture. Uh, yeah, of course he did. Like, that's the point. So like, that's kind of funny because he's getting pissed around the world around him when it comes to art, but he is such a ridiculous human. Like he has no emotion, which again, you're, it's a character study when it's a character study of somebody who is practically bland, who the only emotion he shows is when he wants some totally. Cause he's one of them guys who confuses, he's confused love with lust completely. So, but the girls all believe that he loves them. I'm like, do you ever notice that every time he does, you end up naked in bed with them? Do you ever, do you ever think that that's probably the problem? But he always goes back to his wife, who somehow puts up with, just like your movie, somehow is putting up with this. For what, what reason? And she does, and I, you know, I'm sure this movie's quite historical when it comes to that. But that just adds into like movies of like main antagonists or characters who are so hard to get behind. Like, that's the person that you're supposed to be with the whole movie. And if you can't come to some sort of investment in this person, like, why watch? And that's where I was with this, so. Nobody's going to watch it anyway, because it's a French movie, and it's like, nobody's going to see it. But I watched it. So, see it on Netflix, don't watch it, because it's not. <coughs> it's not very good. And I only said it because it kind of tied in with your whole bad, uh, bad love story antagonist that you can't listen to and deal with and all that stuff. But you yeah. wanted to talk about there must be an audience for that kind of stuff because, like I said, it was getting what eighty percent yeah approval on uh, Rotten Tomatoes from both critics and audiences. I for me, I just I feel it like seems like an easy day at the movies. You could yeah, you could see right where it was going the whole time, right? But that's what it seems like. It seems like you know. So my least favorite st- statement out there is "turn your brain off" when you watch a movie. Like that's just the worst. I you never turn your brain off. It doesn't make any sense. It seems like that's kind of what it is. Like pretty much. Yeah. You, you uh, oh, you could just uh, you could just turn your brain off and watch. What? No, I don't want that. I want maybe to it's sit there. Satisfying for some people to see <laughs> to a, see the, the happy ending. Go from being in a horrible relationship to being in a, a a much better relationship. Sure. I mean, couldn't you have done that in five minutes? <laughs> it's a two-hour movie. Right. Again, I think it's an easy rental at the Redbox. You know, yeah. husband or wife goes, what, what can we watch tonight? They see that. My wife might want to watch it. Husband might go, sure, let's just roll with it. 
not like they have to sit there and think a lot. Right. And yeah. So Ethan Hawke was great in it. His acting was great. I love Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Some people don't. That makes if you, me sad. If you're looking for a, a film kind of like this, though, check out the Before trilogy. Absolutely. Um, before Just Sunrise was the first one. Yeah, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. Yeah. All three amazing. They were all made, what, about 10 years <laughs> apart? Yeah, I think it's a debt. Uh, no, Before Midnight. It's probably about 15 years. Because the first one, Before Sunset, Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise, sunrise was the first one. was 95. 95. Um, I know Before Midnight probably came out... Within the last 10 years, probably about 15 years between the three. Well, I mean, yeah, from the first to the third. Yeah. But, yeah, um, each one of them is years apart. Yeah. And Oh, like in the actual movie, like the plot line? Well, both. Yeah. yeah. Both. They were made They were made years apart. Which Linklater likes to do. Yeah. Um, they were made years apart, and they follow these characters through different stages of their relationship. So the first movie, Before Sunrise, <coughs> is them meeting. Yep. And um, before sunset is years later, um, they've got a much more established relationship, right? Uh, kind of. They it's they went a long time without. And well, they they in, in sunset. I just happened to watch them a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Before sunset, um, they actually had no. That sunset's the one where they established the relationship. Okay. Because they go like they go like ten years without seeing each other. Right. He has a book tour. Yep. She goes to see him. He has yep. a couple hours before his flight. Right. And so it's that time. It's them like reconnecting their first love. Yeah, and then midnight. Which you've you seen midnight? Yeah, I just watched that. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're, okay, you just watched it. So I'll let you talk about it. But I I, I remembered more about sunset because I'd watched before midnight, so I didn't rewatch that one when I watched the first two. Before midnight is. That's kind of like the relationship. Right? Yeah, this they is, go on a vacation. Yeah, they're it? they're married now. Yeah, and they've got children. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the f- again, they're they're such small, quiet cute movies that it's it's kind of like about the fracturing of their relationship at points but not really it's not like they're on the verge of mental breakdowns here they're they're very honest films they're just very like yeah they're just very like they i mean before midnight and they're all kind of like this but before midnight especially it's it's just them walking around chit-chatting about life right and it's about like and never it's it's not like a typical movie where you're like you know, they're on the breaking point, divorce, kids are gone, all this stuff. It's just average stuff. Like right. this, you know, this is frustrating here. This is what I don't like here. You know, we, we we're having this problem here. It's just them chatting about it. Yeah. And it, it might sound boring, but, but it's not. No, it's so well written. and so, so well done. It's so well written and so honest that you'll just get sucked into it. You'll and if you watch all movie. three, I mean, their relationship is the one of the best in movies. Yeah. I mean, you can it just is watch it grow. Spectacular. Mm-hmm. And I love it, you know, and that's the reason I like Boyhood a lot too. Similar concept, just shoved into one movie. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. So check out the Before Trilogy. <laughs> Great Ethan Hawke stuff. Yeah. I love Ethan Hawke. Yeah. One of the big sellers. Well, we have a little time, so let's chit chat just because I want to now. So you texted me last night that you watched Under the Skin mm-hmm. from 2013, which is ScarJo, ScarJo Hansen. And well, I don't know if I know a single human being I know as a human that watched that movie other than me. So now I want to talk about it because it's weird. Well, a friend of mine posted a message online asking for recommendations for sci-fi movies. And oh, you yeah. said, and I said under the skin. That's you, right. You gave him one recommendation. Yeah. You said under the skin. Yeah. 
And I was flipping through Netflix in there. Oh, was it on Netflix? It's awesome. On, I should rewatch. It's on there now. I don't know if it was before. I'd never noticed it before. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, right. It was on our a friend of yours. Yeah, that's right. And it was on, I was at work and I wanted to give yeah. him a recommendation quick. And I'm like, what's recent? Mm-hmm. That's probably accessible somewhere. And that was the, the name I threw out. Yeah. And because I knew a lot of people, it was honestly one of the ones too, where I was like, if he's looking for a weird recommendation, the one that mild people haven't watched. That's the other reason why I chose it. Because nobody I, knows that movie exists. I'd never heard of it. But yeah. I was flipping through Netflix, and there was Under the Skin. And I'm like, <laughs> why not? I must watch this now, because <laughs> Dustin gave one, one, recommendation. one recommendation at work as fast as I could. And it was this movie. So I'm like, <laughs> I know it's good. You put way too much uh, behind that, I think. But we'll, we'll let you go. Well, this movie is it's uh, so it, weird. It stars Scarlett Johansson. Who I'm a big fan of, huge fan, and she um, she basically drives around in a van in Europe somewhere, Scotland, Scotland, and she tries to get men to come with her yep. back to her place. Um, when they do go back to her place, it's like a, it's like an infinite black plane, yep, with a mirrored floor, yep. And when you walk across it, you sink into it. Yeah. It's like sludgy darkness. Yes. And you find yourself trapped down there. Yep. Almost like underwater. And that's what she does for most of this movie is tries to lure men back to her infinite. Because of course it's Scarlett Johansson. So she is, she, she uses her nudity to attract men. That's her stick. She uses her sexuality to bring men to, you would follow Scarlett Johansson into a forest Hoping for the ending you're looking for. Well, little do you know that you're about to be sucked into a black void of sludge. Right. When she does it. Um, and you pretty much, it's pretty much a big build to the last scene. I mean, it's an hour and a half build to yeah. the what is going on. Right. And who she is. Because you don't know. She's right. just a mythical kind of creature. Right. You know she's not right. You know she's not just a human. Right. So I think that's pretty obvious quite quite. I mean, it's practically given away in the name, but the the movie is very slow paced, super slow, um, but just odd enough, which is why I liked it. That it was slow, but it was so odd. I, I was I was entertained because I was like, "This is weird." And the little I know, so the what I do know about it. Um, so when you when you see her get people into the van and stuff, did you know she really did that? In real life, they were hidden cameras. They weren't actors. She really picked people up off the streets and drove with them. Those are real conversations. That I also See, know. okay, that yeah. I didn't know. About That's... 70, 70% of all the footage shot was real life. And she didn't, it wasn't okay. fake. Scarlett Johansson, a famous actress in a wig, so she looks a little different. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No. Yeah. Hundred percent. Some of those people m- went back to the no. Black once they plane. got no. Once they got that far, but the the pickups in the van, those were real. No, they but it was once the same they, person. Yeah, they signed a release and got put into the movie. They told them. Wait after. a minute. Yeah, hundred percent how it went. You can you can look it up and read all about it. That's exactly how it went. They they talked them into being in the movie. There's I a think, lot of scenes that got shot that they couldn't use because the people wouldn't be in the movie. She was actually I, driving around. That's the reason why I think one we're of the sh- Blair Witch here. No, you're not. It's true. She's talked about it. The director's talked about it. That's the reason why, like in the van, they the cameras are placed weird. Like one's like on the floor, 
because it's technically, or it's really a hidden camera, because the guy doesn't know he's on film. Once they shoot the scene of them talking and how weird it is, it's, you, they aren't getting much out of the guy anyway, because she doesn't really say much, and she's weird. But once they cut that scene, they, they, they had him sign a waiver, so you're in this movie, will you come do the next section of scenes in the woods? It's true. And it's amazing Scarlett Johansson did it. That could have went bad in so many ways, especially knowing the people she's picking up. For the reason she's picking them up. We talked on the other episode about the Orson Welles film, which I thought was unwatchable. But once you put it in context, it became interesting. Right. You're putting this film into a completely different context for me. Yeah. And I wish I had known this while And I didn't know it. when I watched it either. Because I, I probably would have found it more interesting. Sure. Um, I do find it hard to believe. Um, because some of these men that she picks up, do go with her yeah. to this infinite black plane, which is clearly a stage, a set. Right. That's not. That's the fake part. They know by then. It's the van part. It's the pickup part that's real. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Okay. I just find that really difficult to believe. Yeah, it's true. Well, that I find interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's weird. And um, the fact that she would do it. That's, that's not knowing that though, watching the film for what it is. Um, it's, it's her driving around in a van, yep. picking up men, yep. bringing them to this s stage, this weird mirrored black stage. Yep. Um, I was bored. <laughs> I was very bored. Yeah. Um, there are shots in this movie. Uh, I even said out loud at one point, do some movies hire editors? Because, but that's the editing process. A dude, lot of some movies do really long shots, though. This movie had shots where she's walking from the top of a hill to the bottom of a hill <laughs> for probably several minutes. Sure, it's an art house movie. A lot of them do it. Oh my god! It felt like a student film to me. It felt. It felt like. Well, it was shot like it. I don't think it was shot to me to look anything different. It was, there were shots where it was, I, I thought the director just hated his audience or something. Uh -uh. Painfully long point. shots. Yeah. You've ever watched a movie painfully long shots? I don't mind it sometimes. Yeah, and I don't like that. <laughs> now that you have this podcast with me, you're going to get to watch some of these art movies this, that you're going to just hate. Um, this movie, this movie for me, Under the Skin, was... Uh, I really like the ending, though. It has... Uh, you got to admit the ending's good. The, the, the journey to get there is long. I get it. This should have been a short film. It could have been. It could have been an easy 35 minutes. You know what, what movie kind of reminded me of? Just in, not in the subject matter being similar, but just in the, the kind of, almost like the genre being a little bit similar, the, the beats being a little bit similar, um, was Ex Machina. Love Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina is a good movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I would recommend you watch Ex Machina instead of this. I'd recommend uh, everybody watch Ex Machina over about 99.9% .9 of all movies. Right. Ex Machina is probably, again, which is going to be great once this podcast is a year old in about three months, we'll be able to do our best of the decade list, which I'm already thinking of. Ex Machina will be in my top five. Yeah. That, that movie Ex Machina, it's one that... For a long time, I didn't see, and I think I was a little bit turned off by the title because I thought it was going to be a real heavy science fiction film, and it's really not. It's it's grounded in reality, but it has one science fiction element, and that's that this guy's built an artificial, an artificially intelligent 
robot. Right. But it's... We'll have to do a deep dive on Ex Machina. Yeah. We can do a watch along with Ex Machina. Because I love it. Mm-hmm. I love... And I love Oscar Isaac. He might be my favorite, like, actor in Hollywood right now. So, it all adds up. But yes, I think that's streaming, too. You could probably watch that now. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. I don't recommend Under the Skin. I do. Um, I recommend if you're in the mood for something which really weird. I like really weird once in a while. Catches me. I'm not saying it's like a nonstop rewatch all the time, but it, it caught me at maybe a good mood, maybe a good time. I thought it was just weird enough like, that I just kept watching it. I'm like, this is so odd. It, I, to me, it was odd bad. It was like, it was yeah. just a poor, a poor movie. No, nah, not to me. It was like a student film where yeah. I'm like, this is not cohesive. Uh, that's what I liked about it. This is boring and uncohesive. Yeah, that's, and that's fine. And that's why I liked it. I it was slow and uncohesive and So you odd. like boring stuff that doesn't make sense. Yeah, once in a while. All right, then. That's the reason why you like uh, Marvel movies, like every one of them that are the same thing over and over. And I don't, I let you have that. So you got to let me have this once in a while. Well, you act like I like something just because it's a Marvel movie. No, I no, I know you like it because you like that. You when like you brought that. it up before. I, I you, no. specifically said that some of them I like, some I don't like. There, it's but a majority you like for more than now. And, and again, this is a whole other probably more than you like. Yeah. Sure, and it's no, and I'm not saying just because they're Marvel. You like the whole, the whole gambit of it. Like you, like, I like the superhero genre. Yeah, and, sure. but you also like the action. The the you like all that, and that's so do I. But I, there's movies like this that I do like that, like when they are slow and odd and incohesive and long shots. Once in a while, those I, I can watch one where I don't think you, um, you know, honestly, you shocked me like in the Before trilogy. Oh, I, I'm a big Richard Linklater fan. Sure, uh, he's done some other films that were similar to those that were just people talking. He, he's got one called um, Waking Life. It's, okay. the, it's the one where they they shot it using real actors, but then they drew over the film. They made it look animated. And it's cool. It's literally just people talking. Uh, his first film, Slacker. Slacker. It, it's not one I'd recommend to most people, but I liked it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same. I mean, just talking about Ex Machina being probably my top five. I would assume at the end of the year, uh, Boyhood probably is in my top five too. I, I I loved, loved Boyhood. Did you watch Boyhood? I haven't seen it. Oh man, you should. It's spectacular. Shot a lot like uh. Yeah, I'm sure you know the premise of it, where it's shot like 11 years and a weekend, right. you know, and then you watch everybody ages, which is just unbelievable to watch. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I love boy, I love Link later and stuff, but it's just funny because you know they're they're pretty slow. I mean, great, they're a lot more cohesive. I totally get that. It's Link later. He he knows how to create an interesting conversation. A lot of people would probably know Richard Link later from Days to Confused. Days to Confused, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, that's that's all I was saying. So once in a while, I like uh, I like odd. I usually every year get behind like a odd, slow, interior movie. I don't mind odd as long as it's intriguing, and I didn't feel intrigued. I felt like this is nonsense. What are we watching? Sure, that's kind of why I liked it. That's all nonsense here and there. It breaks up my my movie watching. That's what I think it does. Does that work to you? Yeah. <laughs> you don't agree. I like I like it because it breaks up my. My flow of movie watching. Like if I watch a bunch of stuff in a row and then something like that comes up, I'm like, okay. If I'm watching something odd, I want to feel like, I want to feel like it's, there's meaning behind it. I want to feel like it's going somewhere. I want to feel like it's going to come together in the end. Um, I felt like there was a lot in under the skin that was just nonsense. Sure. There probably was. I, I haven't seen it probably 
four or five years now. Was it 2013? So that's when I watched it. But I just, I remember a lot. I am also one of the people too that, uh, um, if I remember a movie and it, it sticks in my brain, I'm sure people have already figured that out about me. This because I'm open and honest when I don't remember stuff. Like I watch a lot. And I, some stuff, it just goes in and out. And I just don't care. But, it, but under the skin has, I remember quite a bit about it five years later. I didn't even look this up or anything. Like I remember a lot. Like that's, I think that says something. I'm sure you do the same thing where a movie like you haven't seen in seven years and you can still remember it. Yeah. That means it must've done something, whether it was great or not. I'm not saying it's like the greatest movie of all time, but um, I thought it was just weird enough to work out me. Not that's me. fine. We'll, we'll, we can disagree. That's what's fun. I say, see it. If you're bored on Netflix, John will tell you no. No, do I'd not do it. See it. Do it up. Watch something weird. Get out of your comfort zone. Watch Ex Machina. Watch, watch Ex Machina all day long because I love it. I watch a movie like every year now. But I think that's it. I think that's what we got. Some disagreements, some suggestions. We'll be back next week. Um, be sure to like us on Facebook, comment, share, all those fun things. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Tune in. And SoundCloud. SoundCloud's our main main spot. And all those fun things. And have a happy Thanksgiving.